This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Terrific Football Tuesday edition of You Better You Bet. Nick, Ken, and you here on the BetQL Network, which now includes our friends at Stadium, simulcasting us for the next two hours, as they do each and every weekday, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. So great to be on with our friends at Stadium at... um, WatchStadium.com, YouTube TV, Roku, Amazon, Fubo TV, Samsung TV Plus, Tubi, and more. Great to have you all here with us here for the next couple hours on the show. We're going to tell you what's coming up in the next two hours on the show in a second, but we want you to check out and support the show by visiting YouBetterYouBetShop.com. That is our merchandise store, YouBetterYouBetShop.com, where you can get t-shirts at YouBetterYouBetShop.com, long-sleeve t-shirts at YouBetterYouBetShop.com, hooded sweatshirts, YouBetterYouBetShop.com, hats and more at YouBetterYouBetShop.com. So head on over to YouBetterYouBetShop.com and check it out today. YouBetterYouBetShop.com. That's YouBetterYouBetShop.com. Now that we've hit you, Alex, maybe we shouldn't do this right at the start of the stadium. It's like, oh, let, let, welcome it's like, to oh, the show. Thanks also, for, thanks for having us. Buy our merch. Yes. Here's our, also, here's our, our shirts. Yeah, right. I think we could maybe, maybe do something different with this moving forward. But yeah, buy our merchandise at YouBetterYouBetShop.com. So much good stuff coming your way over the next three hours on the show, the next two hours here on Stadium. P-squared, B-squared, our handicap of Week 7 in the NFL. We'll wrap up with our thoughts on the Packers and the Broncos the Chiefs and the Chargers. We've got the Dolphins and the Eagles on Sunday Night Football, the Niners and the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Our friend Matt Moore stops by in an hour for two full segments here, breaking down how we're betting on the NBA season, which starts one week from today. How great is that? Uh, We'll talk win totals, division bets, who's going to win the NBA championship, and all the award markets when Matt Moore stops by in hour number three on the show. We'll give you the games that Ken and I have already bet, and the numbers that we're targeting uh, to make bets, Week 7 in the National Football League, and all our bets for tonight in the Power Hour, the final hour of the show. We will get to Loch Ness in a second. Uh, Ken Barkley is going to tell you about the Heisman Trophy right now in college football. But um, we've got a little more news here, Ken, on this Jaguar-Saints game coming up on Thursday night. we got some more quotes from Trevor Lawrence speaking to the media. Lawrence basically like taking... uh, taking a lot of pride in the fact that he's never missed a game before in his career and acknowledging, you know, it's only my third year in the NFL, my meaning Lawrence's, and uh, he's going to do everything he can to be out there. Practice today on Tuesday in a limited fashion. Uh, I I think he's going to end up playing in the game. Zay Jones did not practice for Jacksonville today. Jamal Williams is practicing in a limited fashion for the Saints. He would join Kendra Miller and Alvin Kamara in that running back group. We'll talk about this more as we approach kickoff on Thursday, but uh, I'm I'm liking Jacksonville a lot here, Ken, if Trevor Lawrence is, in fact, going to play in the game on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, for sure, it's just 
you know, I think people know how we feel about the Saints this year and, and how we feel about playing them in a lot of these small spread games where it's, you know, it's to pick the winner, you know, quarterback against quarterback, coach against coach, pick the winner of the game. We're pretty much always going to like anybody against the Saints in that situation. Like think they have maybe the worst coach in the league. Um, definitely a quarterback that does not inspire a lot of confidence. Some like interesting cutaways at the end of that Houston New Orleans game, like Camara and some of the receivers, just like eye roll kind of stuff, looking at stuff on the, the tablets. Just, you know, like, do you really want Dennis Allen and Derek Carr like against good teams and pick them type games? Like ha- hasn't worked so great so far this year, even against teams that aren't that aren't particularly good. Maybe they won't make the playoffs. Just I think that's how we're going to play them the entire year. It's it's one of the reasons why I have a lot of win total under money on them. Dennis Allen and Derek Carr on one side, on the other, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. Who do you want? I think you played the game on Mars. I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars. Need to make sure Lawrence is going to play. Again, practice today in a limited fashion. We'll see how tomorrow looks for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, once upon a time, Trevor Lawrence was uh, one of the favorites to win the Heisman Trophy in college football. Following this weekend, Ken, in college football, we now have a clear favorite to win the Heisman, and it is Michael Penix Jr. of Washington. But should you, dear listener and dear viewer, bet Michael Penix to win the Heisman Trophy? Or should you be looking elsewhere? Santa's going to tell you he has slid down the chimney. He's eaten the milk and cookies, and now he's going to leave a gift underneath the old tree. And it's going to be how to bet the Heisman Trophy at this point in the college football season in day two of Lochmas. College football is the best time of the year. The fight songs. Announcers going crazy. crowd but for nick and ken college football only sounds like one thing it's luck miss time on you better you bet hey all right santa Let's talk some Heisman Trophy. Michael Penix Jr., minus 145 now to win the Heisman as he, like, quote-unquote, like, outduels Bo Nix. Shout-out to, like, Dan Lanning in Oregon. But Washington did beat Oregon this past Saturday. So Penix Jr. now, the overwhelming favorite to win the Heisman, minus 145. And then I have not drawn a line to get to the next set. But uh, hashtag the books. Hashtag Vegas has drawn the line. Oh, Vegas. Shadowy Cabal has drawn the line. I've heard that they know. Yeah. No, they know. They drew the line. So Penix minus 145. And then we go down to 10 to 1 for the next two choices. Michigan's J.J. McCarthy and Oklahoma's Dylan Gabriel. Uh, Jordan Travis of Florida State. uh, Jaden Daniels of LSU, 13 to 1. Don't look now. North Carolina's undefeated. Thumped Miami on Saturday. Started from the bottom. Now he's here. We love the Drake. Drake May, 14 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy. And he's got his best receiver now for the rest of the season, Tez Watkins. Then we've got a couple players at 30 to 1. Carson Beck from Georgia. What did I say? Tez Watkins. Tez Watkins. Yeah. We were talking about Clemson before with Trevor Lawrence. That's where the Watkins came from. Yeah. I'll get I'll get it right moving forward here. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is a great reference for me to have. He only played at Clemson like t- 12 years ago. Uh, Carson Beck, Bo Nix, and Caleb Williams, last year's Heisman Trophy winner, all at 30-1. to 1. And I just figured I'd throw in the Drew Aller 60-1 to 1 ahead of uh, Saturday's game for Penn State. Uh, Ken or Santa, thoughts here on how to bet the Heisman Trophy right now? 
Yeah, I think we knew that this was going to be like a really, really big weekend that just happened for reshaping the market. We didn't know how it was going to get reshaped. I, I thought it was likely that Caleb Williams, well, the market thought it was, you know, more than 50% he would lose the game. So it was sort of like if you liked somebody in Oregon, Washington, obviously that quarterback would become the favorite. Look, if, if Bo Nix leads him down the field at the end, they win. This is happening with him right now, you know, and he's minus 150. So it's just it shows you like how on a knife edge this market was going into that Oregon, Washington game. We were like one play in the game dictates whether a guy's minus 150 and the other guy's 10 or vice versa. And, you know, like I, I didn't have a good feel on who I thought was going to win the game. I thought both teams had a chance to win. So I was going to like try to pick a quarterback to beat Caleb Williams with, but now the market's reshaped. And I think I have a pretty good idea how this is going to play out, at least in the short term, uh, which is that Michael Penix Jr.'s price is just going to like stay where it is and get, you know, lower and lower and lower because the next two weeks, Washington has walkover games, honestly. Like they are not expected to be challenged in the next two weeks. They play Arizona State where they're like a you know four touchdown favorite or something at home. Uh, and then they play at Stanford uh, the week after that, um, the week before Halloween. And they will be big, big favorites in both those games. Penix would likely have very big statistical games. So you're going to get through a couple more with the market looking like this, probably. Obviously, could any team lose to anybody? Of course. But the most likely way this plays out is that for two more weeks, it looks a lot like this. And maybe the order of the players behind him changes a little, but there's not a lot of win probability to go around. Like Panix has eaten a lot of it. So there, you know, like nobody's going to two to one or something. Like no one, no one player will probably emerge from the second group uh that much. And then you get, okay, okay, like that's two weeks. That's this is what it's gonna look like. And maybe Penix even goes to minus two hundred or minus two fifty, because like he'll keep having those good statistical games. And then the last month of the season, I think, might get really, really interesting. So the next time Penix will play a challenging game will be November 4th. Uh, that'll be, and that starts a brutal final month for Washington. And this doesn't even include the Pac-12 title game, if they make it. At USC and Caleb Williams on November 4th. Now, big stat game, but a potential loss also, it's worth noting, in that game. Think about what happened to Bo Nix last week. That was a big stat game, too. Also, now Michael Penix is minus 10 million. Uh, so at USC home against Utah. And remember, this is going to be like Cam rising back for four weeks, Utah, not like the Utah we've seen the last few weeks. That's a big time potential loss at Oregon State the weekend after that. No, but like go to Corvallis, you lose like all the time. And that's a high powered offense. Like these are tough. You close with Wazoo in the Apple Cup, and that Wazoo's been really good this year. I know Arizona got them last week. They've been putting up a ton of points. They beat Wisconsin. Um, really, really capable quarterback play. So those four weeks, like, things could get really nuts, honestly. And you'd be like, well, who would you bet? Be like, I don't even have to know the answer to that for two more weeks. That's the best part. Like, when we get to the weekend of November 4th, prior to the game against USC, just like you could have identified Friday of this past week, as man, if I like this guy, Caleb might lose and like this whole thing could get reshifted. I think our next one of those is probably the weekend of November 4th, which will be the next time Penix can take a loss. And then especially the Utah game the week after would be a really tough statistical game and another potential loss. Things could get really nuts. Like some of the players who can win, Dylan Gabriel can definitely win. They're probably going to go undefeated. They'll be favored in every game the rest of the season. They'll play Texas probably in the Big 12 title game again. And if he outduels Ewers a second time, he would definitely have a path to victory. 
Jaden Daniels is kind of getting like mentioned a little bit in some places because the the numbers are so crazy. But they're just they play Alabama, obviously coming up in a couple weeks. They're very unlikely to be in the playoff mix or near it. So just like that's tough for his candidacy. The winner of the award almost every year since the playoff started has been either in the playoff or like right outside the playoff, like Caleb was last year. Um, so that's like a little already, tough to make right, for LSU. Right. So like up and, against and the big Alabama. time. Still. Yep. Right, yeah. So, so I have like likely a third loss down the road. Jordan Travis kind of has the record, but in you know the athletic does a Heisman straw poll with a, a ton of voters. Penix got every first place vote, which you'd expect uh, this week. But Travis is like in thirteenth, right? I mean, he's just like an afterthought in the voting right now. Like that's going to get a lot better. That seems like it seems like he should be at his peak right now. Like he should be thought of as having, I mean, this is as good as Florida State's almost going to look, right? Like, uh, God forbid they take a loss in any of the games that they play. So it kind of leaves you with like a few players that are kind of interesting. Drake May is definitely interesting. Like if they just keep winning and the stats go up because Tez Walker's playing, then he's definitely live. But again, like I'm not trying to beat Penix for two weeks. Like I, why would you click the button right now on anybody? Like when Penix is just going to keep like nuking everybody and winning a couple games. But like, May is definitely on the contender list. Dylan Gabriel is definitely on the contender list. Uh, Brock Bowers gets hurt for Georgia. He probably wasn't going to win, but I think the, the buzz on that would have started if he had kept playing really well. I think there's an outside shot uh, that J.J. McCarthy still has a chance to win the quarterback for Michigan. And it's here's a good way to think about it. Like, uh, Dylan Gabriel had kind of like the first Heisman moment of the season when he led that drive against Texas and got a lot of publicity for it, and his price dropped as a result of that. That until the Big 12 title game, that's like kind of the last one of those he's going to have. They won't play a big game the rest. Of, so he kind of had his moment already and he got whatever pop he's going to get from that. He got already. Michael Penix Jr. just had that against Oregon last week. Like whatever he's going to get, he's in, in two more weeks. I think he's got to play two more games. Then he gets a chance at another one. But like he had his kind of like big moment for now already. J.J. McCarthy and Michigan have played no one the entire year. And because they played no one, the stats haven't been as compelling. Um, but he is extremely highly thought of. In the Heisman polls, he's like not in the top like three or anything, but he's kind of like around and they haven't done anything yet. And if you're looking for a team that's going to be in the playoff, okay, like what are our most likely playoff teams? Like work the problem the other way. Georgia, they don't have a candidate. Like we can say Beck, but like it's probably not him and Bowers is out for the rest of the regular season. So Georgia, no. Florida State, I just told you about Travis. Nobody seems to be interested. And then you get to like, okay, the Pac-12 teams, like they might kind of knock each other off. Oklahoma, we talked about Dylan Gabriel. He kind of had his best chance at a moment already and got a pop off that. And you go to the Big Ten teams. Like the Big Ten's gonna get one or two playoff teams this year, almost certainly. And two is becoming more likely the more teams take losses. And Michigan's the most likely playoff team of the three. And of the three teams, McCarthy's the best candidate on the three teams by far. They haven't had their two big games yet. Like I know Penn State, Ohio State played. That, that's almost the appetizer to the two Michigan games because Michigan's the best team. Michigan's gonna play Penn State game 10 and Ohio State in the finale. Those are the next two like Heisman moments that can potentially happen. I think McCarthy's live too. So I think you have this group of contenders. And when we get to the weekend of November 4th, and when we get to November 2nd and November 3rd, we're going to have to make a call about like, okay, it's time to fade Penix. A, do we want to do that still? Probably. And then B, based on the info we have at that point, who's our best guy to go with at that point? So that's kind of how I'm approaching it. Is it worth it, Ken, ahead of uh, Penn State, Ohio State this weekend? Kyle McCord, Ohio State's quarterback, is 50. Drew Aller, Penn State's quarterback, is 60. Say, so like, I, I, I want to, like, back the quarterback that wins this game. And, like, the price will drop. And maybe you like them, like, down the road here a little bit if the Big Ten can get multiple teams into the college football playoff. Presumably, Aller you need just... one of these two teams and then sure. Michigan. 
you, know, you can make the Aller argument, like the same McCarthy argument, I guess. McCarthy's numbers are like a little, he's just more high profile. Aller would be the guy in that game, you would bet. I just, with how it's played out so far and Penn State's had like a really not explosive offense, I, I would pass, but like I get the argument. The problem with McCord is actually going to be the same problem that CJ Stroud had last year, which is like, when, when you have like six NFL players on your skill positions, you actually have no Heisman candidates. Like, like who who thinks he's the key to everything? Nobody. It's like whatever running back's healthy and Marvin Harrison Jr. and all these receivers, like McCord, he almost just won't even get any credit if they win the game. So I, I would pass on him the whole way. That's an outstanding day two of Lochmas. Day three of Lochmas coming up tomorrow. Maybe a, maybe a bet preview for the weekend from Santa here on You Better You Bet. On the other side, we'll continue our handicap week seven in the National Football League. How about the Packers and the Broncos from Mile High? We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Play action. Good pocket. Intercepted at the 42-yard line. Nick Fulton right there intended for Jerry Judy and down to the end zone they go. That defense to celebrate. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Al Michaels with the call last Thursday night on Amazon. Uh, Russell Wilson has been the best season for Russ and the Denver Broncos thus far. Uh, Broncos host the Green Bay Packers, and Jordan Love is like not, not playing great football himself right now. Broncos hosting the Packers coming up on Sunday in a rematch, Ken, of Super Bowl 32, which I know, like, you've, you've been you've been like, you've been like watching that Super Bowl, getting ready, obviously, oh, yeah. to get this game coming yep. up. Yeah. I got the DVD over here, just throwing that one like, in the player. How does uh, how does John Elway's, like, helicopter, like, whirly bird run, like, factor into the handicap of this game? And the Broncos and the Packers. Red Favre uh, gunslinger. Little interceptions Red over. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you. We'll tell you in a couple minutes here. Our uh, our friend Matt Moore from the Action Network stops by in forty minutes for two segments, talking NBA betting ahead of uh, the NBA season starting one week from today, which is really awesome. All our bets for tonight coming up in the final hour of the show. That of course is the Power Hour. But let's continue now. Our handicap of week seven in the NFL. Jake, fade the music up, please. And Ken, let's talk about the uh, the hotly anticipated Super Bowl 32 rematch that the world's been waiting for with the Packers and the Broncos on Sunday at mile high. Uh, Aaron Jones looks like he's going to play in this game for Green Bay. He's been spotted at practice for Green Bay as uh, the Packers come off their bye. We haven't seen them since they lost last Monday night on the road in Vegas against the Raiders. And the Broncos coming off a mini bye of their own, right? Having uh, lost to the Chiefs this past Thursday night. The side and total of of this game at our show sponsor BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Panthers, a uh, Packers, excuse me, a one-point road favorite. So Green Bay minus one on the road. The total is 44 and a half. Ken, pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Packers and Broncos from Denver. It's going to be like yet another Packers game where I, I, I want them to win. Like I, I need them to win. <laughs> but in terms of like, do I think they should be favored by more or do I want to bet them? Not on your life, based on what we've seen so far. Um, I don't... What did I even try to make a number for this game at? I think I came at... Yeah, Packers one and a half was my number. It was like a yay. Like, basically got what we got. Now, cool. Like, Aaron Jones back. Okay, maybe that's not like a market-shifting injury necessarily. But if you're a Packers fan or you you think, you know, you, you want them to win the game, you're, you're happy that that might happen. Uh, sure. Uh, honestly, I am so much more interested in the over in this game than anything. And I know the, I know the Broncos gave you a... 
kind of a, a low-scoring, clunky Thursday night game against the Chiefs. A, that was a Thursday night game. B, that's like what the Chiefs have done all year, which is why Chiefs-Chargers is going to be a really funny discussion when we get to that game. Like, is that is that the Broncos' D, like, stepping up? Or is that actually, like, the Jags did that to the Chiefs? And some other teams have done that to the Chiefs so far. Like, is it about Denver's defense? Or is Denver's defense still, like, exactly as terrible as we think it is? This will be a good test for that theory. God, I mean, like, Aaron Jones plays, too. Both these teams have had similar dynamics throughout the year, like a sort of mediocre, at times, good offenses, like against the right opponent. The offenses have been good, but sort of like middle of the pack, uh, back, fun word choice. And honestly, and this includes the Packers, brutal defenses. And the Packers defense has been like incredibly underachieving so far this year too. Uh, bottom, you know, bottom half of the league in about 20 different categories, really not very good. Uh, I think you, I actually like the fact you get Denver's offense off the Thursday night game where they look terrible. Maybe that depresses the total in this game too. Uh, really, really like the over, one of my favorite bets of the week. So total, hashtag totals work. Yeah, this was like the number to... one thing that stood out. Yeah. What, uh, what, what, what's your projected number here? 47. I think I'm going to make, I think I may make this, make this bet during the next break. Cause it makes a lot of sense, right? With these two defenses. And it's like, it's the same story with the Packers defense every year. And look, you know, I, I said it coming into the year, so much talent on this Packers defense are probably going to play pretty well. And then here's Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator. It's like, no, actually yeah. like it just, we all got tricked. Good. We all got just, tricked yet again. You look at the team got... on a sheet of paper, they're supposed to be good. And then you watch the games and they're terrible. Wait, I thought we were, uh, are you talking about the chargers or the Packers? Right, I just, I mean, how many of these coordinators do we have to do this with? But this this one specifically, this is like a multi-year thing. And it's not, people will be like, well, you guys bet the win total over. Like, they don't have to be great for this win total. Like, I still think they're going over the win totals we have in the market right now. <laughs> like, that's how stupid this is. Um, but it's obviously this game will, will go a long way. Like, you worry about the turn for Denver's defense, I think, right? Like, are they really going to be the worst of all time every single week? Like, is that really going to happen? Or at some point, are they going to be better, get players back, whatever, whatever it is? What catalyst is it going to take? You do have an extra rest situation here. Maybe they come out and show you something. That's possible. But, like, until we get it, and I don't think Thursday night was it. As, like, the Chiefs were settling for field goals, could have scored 35, 42 points. It's red zone efficiency brutal. And I think that was more about the Chiefs than the Broncos. So I'm still kind of, like, playing on the hideous Denver defense rather than expecting the turn. I, I, I do think, though, um, and maybe it doesn't manifest itself this week, I do think that Denver's defense will start to turn and, like, not be well, great. Well, has to. Yeah, I mean, hard hard, hard to be worse, right? Maybe maybe be, like, the, the 24th-ranked defense in the league, you right. know, as opposed, to, as opposed to the worst-ranked defense in the history of the National Football League, which is what, like, they're currently on pace to be. So I think they can be just, like, regular bad as opposed to historically bad, which would be, obviously, like, a, a significant upgrade. Uh, so Ken likes the over in the game. Hashtag totals work. So Ken will be on the over. I think I'll join Ken on the over. I I love the Broncos in this game. I absolutely love Denver in this game. I at some point, and I actually think it's gonna start happening, like Sean we've been banging on Sean Payton. Deservedly so. 
And maybe it's just that without Drew Brees, maybe this guy's just like not a good coach. Maybe that's what it's going to be, and that'll be proven out. I still think he's a pretty good coach. Do I think he's like the greatest head coach of all time? Like, I don't. But I do think he's pretty good. Um, at some point, like, this team is going to start playing better and stop being like an abject embarrassment. They still have good players on the roster. I'm not suggesting they're going to make the playoffs. I said before the year, I would bet their win total under. I would never bet the over on their win total. So I do think that they will start playing better. And, um, I was one of the big you know, Packers supporters coming into the year. And the question that I asked and Ken asked and a lot of people asked was, hey, like, if Jordan loves good, like, if Jordan loves good, why can't this team, like, achieve some some really, like, good things this season? Maybe win the division. Maybe be one of the better teams in the NFC. Uh, in order for that to happen, you you need <laughs> you need Jordan Love to be good. I'm a... Uh, I'm not convinced that he is. Now, he can do well enough to get this game over the total because, like we've said, the Broncos are one of the worst defenses right now in the history of the league. But is Jordan Love good? I would actually lean towards right now, probably not, and there's still a lot of time for him. Obviously, it's not over yet, but some really discouraging performances in the last couple of games now. They'll likely get Aaron Jones back, and they'll have their full complement of weapons, so maybe this looks different, but I mean, I'm going to get Denver with that home field like uh, at an underdog price here against Green Bay, and uh, I, I think the Broncos are going to win the game. Uh, I love the Broncos in this game, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Ken, give me Denver to win outright on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. They're they're only one-point dogs, so yes, I do like them to win. Could definitely happen. Uh, I'd be curious. I'd, before I, you know, teams, you always look for these moments, like when are things going to turn for them, right? Um, you know, in college, like USC plays like nobody, 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 and then they get like Notre Dame at their place. Ooh man, like this might be like the turning point of their season. Like this was a team people were saying playoff, people were saying Heisman, and now we're saying none of those things. Uh, the Niners, you know, get off to this great start, and it's we did this with Purdy MVP, like weather game against a great defense, you know, like on the road off that win, like that's like a turning point for Denver. Like I think for them, and it doesn't have to be a, a game; it could be a, a piece of news, or it could be something that changes fundamentally about the team. Right now, the only news we have with them is jettisoning players, right? Frank Clark, Jerry Judy. Everybody wants them to trade him. We'll see what happens, and then maybe the catalyst ends up being like a quarterback change at some point, and then maybe you start playing on Denver. And in the second half, the season is impossibly long. Like if they swap quarterbacks five weeks from now, you still have a long stretch of games to close this year to play on Denver with some kind of momentum going into next season. So I'm not, I'm definitely not throwing in the towel on like them being good in the second half or what you're describing. I just want to like, I, I don't think it just happens out of nothing, right? I don't think it's just like, well, hey, like a couple extra days off, they're, they're going to be way different. They can definitely win this game being as what they are. I mean more like the defense being better, them turning into like a different kind of a team. I don't I don't see that yet for them, but it doesn't mean I have to see it coming. I, I just don't see the signs that that's there right now. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a terrific football Tuesday. Maybe it's maybe it happens in the second half against the Bears and they're coming from behind one a couple of weeks ago and then like you just play Kansas City on the road and it's wind and it's that defense and it's Mahomes and it's just never going to go well. So I I, I think there's, there's wasn't there's the Jets a game after the Bears game. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, and they lost and I bet and I bet ten the red zone trips. Game. Yes, yeah. and the, yeah, and I and I did bet the Jets in that game to be fair. Uh, yeah. For me, this it's it's a play it's a play against Green Bay and it's a play on Denver for me here. If you had to bet the game or like pick the winner of the game, who would you take right now? Aaron Jones playing. It looks like Aaron Jones is going to play. Yeah, I'll take the Packers then. Like if I had to if, bet the uh, game, but I don't I don't want to bet the game though. 
if uh, if the spread goes up a little bit more, because it was one and a half uh, yesterday. Now it's sitting at one. So let's say, you know, injury report tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. It looks like the Packers are going to have like their full complement of offensive players. This goes up a little bit more. Would you consider teasing Denver? We talked about a lot of good teaser legs this week. Yeah. Get Denver up to like plus seven and a half where, where like Green Bay could win the game. But are, are, are the Packers winning this game by March? And they could, just like probably not, right? So we think Denver might be a decent teaser leg. Yeah, what are, what are the Packers' wins this year again? Well, Bears, they thumped them. They won by margin in that game. And then uh, they have one other win. What's their other win so far this year? They lost to... Uh... They beat the Saints. I, all I can think of is fashion losses. in that oh, fourth they beat the Saints. Right, perfect. Uh, down, whatever, 17-0, 16-0, whatever it was in the game, and they end up coming back to win. Uh, yeah, just seems, <laughs> short of playing the Bears, and that version of the Bears, too, it's just, just impossibly bad. Uh, yeah, tough to see, like, road game margin against this kind of a team. Sure, I I, I totally get that. Te- teasers, again, by the way, we did this uh, yesterday, too. Like, you're going to look at the board, and every game looks like a teaser game, right? It's like all these sub-three-point spreads. Oh, I can get all these underdogs up from, like, two to eight and one and a half to seven and a half, whatever. And that started. You see those. You see a lot of people, hashtag content, or just people that talk about betting. You're seeing that out there now. Like, everyone's starting to really latch on to this idea. But, and I think there are good teaser legs this week. I think there are some of them. Just like there are so many games, though, with these backup quarterbacks and like these uncertain. We talked about this yesterday, too. Like not all teaser legs are the same. Like not all one and a half point spreads are the same. Like Broncos plus one and a half is wh- hopefully people understand that like that's way different than, you know, like, uh, you know, Tyson Bajent two and a half or whatever, like whatever the teaser leg is, you're going to play with a backup quarterback. I'm trying to find one that's like actually in range right now. But like. You, you get the idea. Those games that have like that quarterback uncertainty in them, um, you know, like M- Minshew plus seven and a half home against the Browns, like seems fine, but like I don't know. Like it's Gardner Minshew. Like we're like we're scraping the barrel here on some of these quarterbacks. Just would be like reluctant to tease games where we have like very little data on the quarterbacks involved. So, um, so there's going to be some really good teaser legs this week. I you know we like Seattle a lot. If Denver got in range, I'd like them. There's probably a couple other ones on the board um, that'll kind of fit for me. Like we like the Giants potentially. We'll see what the injury reports are before I put that in. But, um, you know, just like not all one and a half, two and a halfs are like ha- like have to hit it, have to do that, have to tease, like have to hit the button no matter what. Like you can think through the game a little bit more and understand that maybe that's like a bad guess about what the point spread is. We don't know how it's bad, but we know it's probably bad. Ooh, the, the Super Bowl Memorial teaser with Denver and Seattle, if it gets into range. Oh yeah, God! What a terrible game. That's I think that's one of the. I think that's like. I love the Super Bowl, which is a stupid thing to say because everybody loves I the think, Super Bowl. I, I was going like, to say I think we I think we I think we all do. Correct. Well, yeah, but like I mean I don't know like I don't I don't like love the World Series like I don't like get up for the World Series I'm like oh man I can't wait for that event like I don't know like I just, not all championship events work like that I guess. But like I remember being a senior in college and and uh, or not a senior in college, but uh, what what year was that game? Two thousand fourteen. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Well, like, it's a, the two thousand thirteen yes. season, February two thousand fourteen. Right. I just I yeah. Super I just, Bowl forty eight. Yeah. I just I remember and just being like, ugh. Like I just I you know like I just, and I even like blowouts and championship events like I'll hang around for a while or like if it's a bad game, but. Yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes when a Super Bowl, when I don't like a Super Bowl or it's bad, I was at the college thing I was thinking of too. I was going to draw a comparison to another game. Like I, Seahawks Steelers, I found impossibly boring. And I was just like, I like at halftime, I was just like, does anybody want to like, 
I don't know, like go play beer pong or something. <laughs> like, so you want to, like do something that we do in college. I don't know. So yeah, that was another game that fit that description. They, they were they were both brutal games. Shout out to the officiating, by the way, in the Seahawks Steelers Super Bowl. It was magnificent. Great officiating in that game. Didn't screw Seattle or anything. Uh, I don't even think I bet the game. I just remember being really aggravated. I did have Seattle in that Super Bowl against Denver. First play of the game, snapped the ball over Peyton Manning's head. Just like, yeah, this yeah, I feel yeah. like this is going to be pretty good. This is going to go pretty well for me. Um, I feel like my confidence in Denver is like borderline irrational in this game, but it's literally like one of the first games I looked at. I was like, I can't wait to bet the Broncos. I just can't wait. And uh, hopefully I don't have to say that that many more times this year. You... I feel like for if you made a list of like the bad teams this year, is Denver the team that you've tried to talk yourself into the most of the bad teams? Well, let me let's let me let me like who if they so week one I bet against them, week two I bet against them, I bet against them. Oh no, you when took the, when the they Jets, played the Jets. Too, actually. Yeah. yeah, you've actually been against the, only, the Broncos. I take that back. Yeah, I take that back. You've been against the, the only, Broncos a lot. The only game I bet on them, and I and I and I won the bet because I placed it early in the week. I laid two and a half against the Bears, and they won by three. How many times have you been on the Patriots this year? Too many. Three? Four? Uh, I think two. But it was like the two blowout losses. Week week one you weren't on them? Oh, the Dallas game. Uh, against, the, against the Eagles? No, yeah. no. I, but, but yeah, it's been, it hasn't been great. On the other side, B-squared, B-squared, Chiefs and Chargers. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Kelsey slot left. He is phenomenal in the red zone. They go the other way, caught for a touchdown. Kadarius Tony into the end zone. So they finally break through. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. That phony jerk, Kadarius Phony. I hate this guy. Do me a favor, guys. Like, I, I. I consider the crew on the show, we're not just co-workers. We are friends. We're hashtag buddies here on You Better You Bet. Can like can I get like one of like the 9,000 people that work on the show? Can I get one person just to stop me next time I want to bet Kadarius Tony over? Yeah. Just like someone step in and be like, you know what? Like your rationale can be great, and like the number could be like a like it could be underpriced. You could be taking advantage of a bad number. Also, don't do it. Save yourself. Have more self-respect. I need someone to step up to the plate and stop me from betting this guy because every time I do, it's a total disaster. Um, so I guess it's really my fault, not his. But I like to blame others. It's kind of my thing. Uh, we'll talk about the Chiefs, Kadarius Phony, and the uh, and their game against the Chargers coming up on Sunday in a second. We will still get to the Eagles and the Dolphins, the Niners and the Vikings. Matt Moore joins us in 20 minutes from the Action Network. He will join us for two segments, talking betting on the upcoming NBA season. Starts one week from today. So you want your NBA betting preview? Uh, 20 minutes from now, you'll get it. Four 40 minutes with our pal Matt Moore to start hour number three and all our bets for tonight coming up in the power hour, the final hour of the show. But for now, we continue on with P squared, B squared and uh, Arrowhead for this AFC West rivalry matchup between Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. So the Chargers obviously lose on Monday night to the Dallas Cowboys in a game that just makes you say, what year is it? What year is it? And how does how does this keep happening to the Chargers every single year? 
Uh, Kansas City right now at BetMGM, Ken. Basically, but almost six. 5.75 in between five and a half and six, like a juiced five and a half towards Kansas City. The total in the game has dropped even like from the, in the last couple hours was at 49 right before we uh, we came on air at three o'clock Eastern on this Tuesday. Now sitting at 48. Pen, pencil, blood or blank. Chiefs and Chargers. Well, man, the, the total, I feel like we were out ahead of, right? Just in terms of talking about this uh, when we did this on Friday, just the idea that like when these teams normally play, this isn't the total it's usually higher and be curious okay like you can have all the look aheads you want but like when the actual money's involved like how does the market get shaped and people are betting like this is going to be like how the chiefs have played the entire year this run the ball a lot bad red zone efficiency low scoring games teams gone under i think in all every game or almost every game the entire season including thursday night against denver just it hasn't they have, we haven't had those shootout games the defense has been too good the offense hasn't had to, to play like that. You wonder if like, just cause this opponent's seen them, like, is this the team that has to bring that out of the Chiefs to play a game like that? Doesn't look like there's gonna be crazy weather right now in the game either, in case you're wondering like, well, is the total getting that down? The only game that might have weather, right? Well, there's two and we're seeing the totals actually kind of stay the same, but they're already really low. Uh, Baltimore might have a ton of wind. Like a lot of people have kind of earmarked that game as maybe an under game. And then the Bills Patriots game might have rain and wind. And we'll kind of see what it looks like later in the week. And that's we're already following that uh, game just because of like Josh Allen playing with an injury. Maybe we'll see what that's like. And the Patriots never score anyway. Uh, so that totals like already in the low forties. So I think we're going to be okay here probably on weather. Just is this where you want to step in? We talk about a pivot point, right, with Denver. Is this where you want to step in and be like, okay, now the market has like a hard reaction to how the Chiefs have played so far this year from a total standpoint. Like you can see it in what's happening in the market where like we haven't been able to really see that in any of the games they played this year. Now, because now that's now happening, is that the time to come back in and play the over? Because now there has been not just that we think it's, they're going to go over, but now you actually get like a quote unquote valuable number as a result of it. So my numbers came in like low 50s on this game, like 51, 51 and a half as a total for this game. That doesn't mean I have to be right, but uh, I probably will come back in and play the total. And I think I can wait to do it. I think that's the other thing because look at look at where we're going and look at why we're going there because the Chiefs played a bunch of under games so far. It might be like a, con a contrarian over in a Mahomes game is certainly an interesting thing to say. Not a Mahomes out loud, game, but a Mahomes-Herbert game. Right. But I, I think that's where we are, honestly, with this with this game. It's either don't play the total or play the over now that it's in this range. Can I can I take this in a different direction for a second with another oh, game, yeah, sure. and then we'll get back to Chiefs Chargers? Uh, so you mentioned uh, Ravens uh, Lions on Sunday, and I just like looked at the weather forecast for the games, like potential like winds and an up wind uh, of upwards of twenty miles per hour on Sunday in Baltimore. I mean, under. Well, no, well, not just under in the game. Like, if that's what it's going to be, and teams and, and the teams aren't going to be able to throw the ball, how are the Lions not smashing them? Like, Baltimore can't run the ball against that Lions run. Lions money the line Lions under? Yes, yes. Parlay? Like, I bet I'm, the under already if, in the game. We're going to do that later in the show. So. Ken, if the wind is going to be 20 miles per hour plus on Sunday in Baltimore, the Ravens can't throw it. Like, you think they're going to line up with, like, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and run it all over this Lions defense? Or is it more likely that even without David Montgomery, that ridiculously good and physical Lions offensive line, they're going to run up and they're going to play smash mouth and they're going to pound you with Gibbs and Craig Reynolds over and over and over again. I think the Lions are going to win the game outright, as I almost almost knocked my entire setup over. I was you were so very excited about it. That was good. I yeah, so I, mean, I, I bet the under be? already. Not just because of weather. Like, my, my number in the game is less than that, too. Like, I actually, 
Like, I know it's weird because you're like, well, Detroit, high-flying offense. Like, Ravens want to be a high-flying offense. I d- Let me flip, flip, flip over to that game real quick. You know, in DVOA, these are the second and third ranked defenses so far this year in this game, Detroit-Baltimore, the game that we're not supposed to be talking about right now. A lot of the other metrics are really good, too. I, whew, man, I I can't believe a Detroit offense should play in a game with a total of like 40 and a half or 40, and that's kind of what I came out on in this game. And now we're going to have, that was before we even saw the weather forecast. So I'm with you on that. We can get back to Chargers whenever you want. I, I, I love the Lions, and I'm going to bet that under also. Can't wait for that game coming up on Sunday. Anyway, back to the uh, the task at hand. Do you bet or you bet Nick and Ken? Terrific football Tuesday. Uh, back to the Chiefs and the Chargers here. So, yeah, like Ken's right. We talked about this on Friday following the Chiefs' Thursday night win last week against Denver. That, uh, you know, let's see what the total's going to be, and we might, might like the under based on what the number is. Uh, now it's 48, so I think to Ken's point, it has to be like over or nothing now. Like, I don't really know if I can make a case for an under here. And here's where I get into a little trouble with the side of the game. Um, I'm very concerned, hashtag concerned, with this Chargers offense right now and what this is going to be the rest of the season against good defenses. When you had Mike Williams, it was one thing, right? Because you would have a two-wide receiver set or a three-wide receiver set, really, of Williams and Palmer on the outside, Keenan Allen in the slot. Now with Mike Williams' injury... Um, and the fact that Quinton Johnston is an absolute zero, not just in terms of his on-field play, but also has zero receptions for zero yards and zero touchdowns. That was his line last night. Like, they, they're in, they're in big trouble here. Because without, without Johnston to play on the outside, it's what you drafted him to be. You took him in the first round ahead of Zay Flowers. Now it's Allen on the outside, and he's really good, but I mean, his best position is in the slot. That's what it's been his whole career. So it's Allen and Palmer. You, they, you can't trust anyone to play in the slot. Johnston's brutal. You don't have another receiver that you trust. And now it's Parham and Everett. They're literally running personnel with two receivers and two tight ends on every play. And, like, Eckler is awesome. But the whole point of having Justin Herbert and paying him that they backing up the Brings truck for him, you're supposed to have this high-flying passing offense here. And instead, you're rolling out two tight ends on every play. And I understand, like, that's probably their best way of trying to win football games. But it's also, like, it's not what you want the team to be. It's not what they want to be. And you're playing a really good Kansas City defense. So I think, right that when I conceptualize the game, the Chiefs are going to be able to score in the game. I don't think there's any question about that. Whether they score like 40 or 30, 24, whatever, right. the Chiefs are going to be able to score. Totally agree. Are the Chargers going to be able to score? And I think it comes down to something really subjective. I think the question that we all have to ask ask ourselves is this. Is this going to be like a Justin Herbert step up in class game? where he goes toe-to-toe with Mahomes, and maybe they lose the game, but they lose by a small amount, and they cover the spread, and the game can go over the total? Or is Herbert going to play like he did on Monday night last night against Dallas, where he was the the worst quarterback in the game, Dak definitely outplayed. It wasn't like Dak was great in the game. Dak definitely outplayed Herbert. Herbert missed a number of throws that he makes in his sleep usually, a couple long throws to Keenan Allen, a pass to Eckler out of the backfield, like that, that could have gone for a touchdown potentially. Like Herbert did not play well. So I think the subjective question is, what's this going to look like for Justin Herbert on Sunday? Like, Ken, do you have confidence that Herbert can do his part and this Chargers offense can do its part to get this game over the total? And I think if the answer to that question is yes, I almost feel like if you like the over in the game, I almost feel like it correlates with, with the Chargers covering the spread also. And I think that's the direction I'm leaning in, is that Herbert plays well enough to cover, not well enough to win. Staley screws it up at the end. Chargers lose by three and the Chiefs end up winning the game. 
Yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons why I, I like still doing some projections for games, and, you know, a lot of what we do on the show now is more my opinion and what I think, but it's combined with, like, you know, some, some projections for how I see the game playing out, some, like, creating a total and a side, and, okay, how did I get to that number? And I think that's one of the things that's helpful about doing that is you don't get too caught up in the, like, the last thing you saw, where it's, like, the Chargers offense last night did a lot of things where you just go how is this game going to go over the total against Kansas city? Like, how's that going to happen? And, uh, and just like, okay, like on average, what should kind of the, what do I think the average scoring in this game is going to be? And I, it's not even that I think it's going to be way over this. I just think it's going to be a little over this. <laughs> like, I just think it's going to be slightly over this. I don't think it's that crazy that the chargers they're they're just so interesting because like, you're right about everything that you're saying, but it's like, their offensive numbers are still like not. I mean, they did play Dallas last night too. Their offensive numbers aren't bad in the red zone. They're really good, and we we even saw that. I referenced that at the start of the show in the the, the game against Dallas last night. Like when they get there, they score. Um, you know, can they kind of bring out a Kansas City a type of game we haven't seen yet? Kansas City's been able to be like up a score, run the ball, hold the other team down. Like they've been like comfy for a lot of the games that they played. And uh, can the Chargers get get them out of that? And if they can, to your point which is why I think you're right that it's correlated, then they cover the number and the game probably goes over. Ah, so you like the over in the game. Do you do you good about the Chargers? I hate five and a half. I hate it. But. Even like six, six and a half. Yeah. Not in? Maybe. No, I'm saying like maybe I would start to be pretty interested. Like I, five and a half. Agreed. That's tough. <laughs> That's think, the one with you and the so far this year. That's really tough. I I think I'm in at six with the. I I, I, I hate to do the god. Am I gonna? My do updated this again? number on this game was five and a half. So I I kind of like. I think I think I think we were. You think we're staying here? No. Like, where do you think are we even? Is the market even like tilting in a direction right now? Oh yeah, it's 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 juiced way towards Kansas City, right? The last I looked, at least. Well, I got bad news for you. A couple fives just appeared on the board. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, that's no yeah, that fun. literally just happened. The screen just lit up. That's really funny. Well, I guess we're going okay. down. <laughs> All right. In an earlier round. Uh, coming up next, hour number three begins. 40 minutes of NBA betting conversation with our pal, Matt Moore. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.